Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Available in the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Use the promo code FINADICS when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. Additional support comes from our friends at Manscaped, the winning name in men's below-the-belt trimming, offering engineered tools for your family jewels. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your second place Miami Dolphins. I am Sam Marcou, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, the good doctor himself, one of my best friends, and the co-founder of this little town we call Perfectville, Mr. Christopher Colin. Chris, how in the hell are you, my friend? Uh, well, I'm okay, Sam. I'm okay. Uh, man, did we just slam on the brakes? Um uh, after a five-game winning streak, my friend. So uh, kind of getting over that, over it. it, it we're over it. Uh, moving on. We're on to New York. We're on the Jets, on to New Jersey. And uh, I'm feeling a little bit better, and especially better now that talking to you, my friend, you give me one hell of an intro every time. I appreciate it. I wish I'd slammed on the brakes. Anyways, uh, <laughs> you are right. Sad jokes. We, we, had, uh, we had a five-game win streak come to a screeching halt in denver uh sometimes you know you, you think you're going to slow down and then you just come to a sudden stop here and that's what the miami dolphins did in denver uh against the denver broncos somehow world beaters uh beat the miami dolphins and you know what chris this is one of those games where you could just tell you're like okay all it's really going to take is one play to get us up and running to get us there uh to turn this around because we are a better team than the denver broncos but about midway through the third quarter we had three plays and i think there was two minutes left in the third quarter they just had the ball the entire third quarter and i just kind of went well it ain't gonna happen today chris you could just tell this is like uh death by a thousand paper cuts in this in this game We've mentioned the last few weeks doing the show, Sam, that um, we haven't had that normal feeling of being a Dolphins fan of, um, uh-oh, here we go. We know they're going to come back. We know we're going to miss this field goal. It's been nice. Uh, I had that feeling again Sunday. The feeling came back. It just was a point where you're like, we don't got it today. There's no juice. Tua looked bad. Defense looked uh, it just completely um, lost at times. We made Drew Locke look like the second coming of Steve Young. Um, it just not good. Not good at all. And you can kind of tell. I don't know if it was the air, the traveling, um, or, or our head just got too big. Uh, Flores was trying all week to try to calm that down. The Broncos are a good team. We got to really concentrate on these guys. All everybody talked about, man, we can be 9-3 playing the Chiefs. And maybe it got too big for them. We are a young team. That's possible. Um, uh, but those injuries came back to get us. You know, Preston Williams being out, Christian Wilkins being out. And um, we just caught the team at the right time for them. Yeah, you know, there's a lot in this game that we need to break down, and we do need to talk about the Jets game coming up because we can't lose focus on the fact that we have the New York Jets next week and we have the opportunity to uh, uh, sweep them, you know, before before December is even here. So I'm looking forward to talking about that game and getting our head right. But there's so many things that happened during the course of this game, Chris, that we really need to talk about. 
Uh, first and foremost, let's just start with the obvious here, the quarterback position. Tua Tungavailoa, not effective. Overthrowing receivers. I, I thought he was staring down Jakeem Grant more than everybody else in this game. Uh, I was watching some tape here this week after the loss here, Chris, and there just seemed to be times where he was focused on Jakeem Grant and only Jakeem Grant. In fact, he would have had his first interception uh, early of the season earlier in this game because he was staring down Jakeem Grant when he should have actually taken the ball and ran with it. Uh, he overthrew him early, often. It just was not a good game for, for Tua Tungabailoa for a bunch of reasons, but ultimately, um, you know, not to not to bury the lead here, he gets pulled for Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I thought was a mistake, Chris. And I'm going to say it right now. I thought that was the worst thing we could have possibly done. Now, I understand why Brian Flores did it. He's looking at this team. He's looking at this game and he's saying, we need to get to 10 wins in order to make the playoffs this season. Tua Tungavailoa, to use your word, did not have the juice in this game. So I need a little bit of Fitz magic. I need to put somebody else in. I need to spark this team. I need a veteran to grab hold of this of this huddle and, and make everybody focus, right? Collectively grab everybody by the face mask and say, pay attention to what's happening right now. Now, it almost happened, right? And had we won the game, I would have still said it was a mistake. But at the same time, I would have been happy that we won the game. But that drive at the end of the game ended in such a Fitz magic, you know, slash Fitz tragic uh, way and that we start at our own one yard line, get all the way down into the red zone of the Denver Broncos and then throw an interception in the end zone. It's just like, yep, that's, that is Miami Dolphins football to a T right there. Uh, and not to a tongue of Iloa, but to a T. And uh, I thought it was a mistake, Chris. Now the best thing that Brian Flores did was come out immediately and say, no, two is our starter. He's our guy. I was trying to win the game. And that's what he had to do. But I thought it was a mistake to pull to a, I think you ride or die with your starting quarterback. I don't want to damage the young man's psyche. I don't want to know what it means. You know, how short is this leash with Tua going forward? This is a problem. We can't do that. We can't create our own quarterback controversy. We did that earlier by changing it. And when we were winning and going to Tua, you have to ride with him, whether he's going to win or lose, he has to develop. He has to learn and grow and learn to, you know, not get bailed out. If he's having a bad day, you can't turn to the corner and say, coach, I need my bottle. Can you put somebody else? in you i think we should have lost with Tua tonga bailoa as the starter throughout agree 100 percent, sam there, there this was a horrible move by brian flores um a lot of people were kind of thrown it to the side like oh Tua's got a great mentality and saban was his coach in college he can handle it it's not about handling it it's about the future it's about on sunday if he starts off with two bad drives is he all of a sudden going to be like well they're going to call in the bullpen um is, is the team going to do that or are the receivers going to do that are the linemen going to do that oh you held the ball too long oh shit it fits warming up you know they're looking at the sideline why even put that in in your brain is a thing um i don't care how good he is mentality wise how mature he is um, if I'm sitting there on a Friday, Sam at four o'clock and my boss comes to me and says, Hey, Ooh, um, they, they want to open a corporation account. I'm going to have, uh, your, your coworker do it just, just to make sure that it's done correctly. I'm going to be like, I, I'm not going to learn. If you're not going to let me do it, do the hard stuff. I'm not going to learn. So we're not going to let Tua try to drive us down the field. We're going to bench the guy. Uh, it's been national talk and coverage. All they talked about Fitzpatrick looked good the entire drive, except for the, of course, pick the, of course, Fitzpatrick pick, um, which just doesn't help anything at all. We already know Fitzpatrick's probably the better pro quarterback at this moment in time because of the things you alluded to being able to grab your face mask and, and read these defenses. Vic Vangio actually came out and said they had to change things up with how they're doing because Fitzpatrick, uh, is on to some of those things that Tua's still got to learn. How are you going to do that on the sideline with a mask on? It's not going to work. I would rather have lost with Tua burning a little bit in a bad game. We said this before he even started. I said he needs to take his lumps 
And if you're going to bench him every time he start getting lumped up, he's never going to get used to it and be prepared to do it on uh, in 2021 or in the playoffs when things get rough. I, I'm sorry. It's not really exactly a must win game against Denver. Uh, and, and for Chan Gailey and Flores to come out and say, we also need to get separation from the receivers. We also need to block better. I didn't see you benching them. I didn't see Parker get the, get the hook. I didn't see Jesse Davis get the hook. You know, Solomon Kinley missed a couple blocks. Did he get pulled and benched? Why are we doing it to only Tua? That's the most important position on the team. And you got to let him learn and take his lumps and read defenses. And Sam, I agree completely. Big mistake. Yeah, yeah it was a big mistake. And you know what? I, I've been watching a lot. It's funny. When we win, I watch the game a second time, Chris. And then I don't really watch a lot of coaches' tape. I don't look at, you know, what people are saying about the team. When we lose, uh, I don't know if it's just human nature to be like, how do we fix this? I actually do a lot more research when it comes to that type of stuff. And I was watching, uh, I don't even know who it is. If, if you guys do, let me know on Twitter because I actually read his entire Twitter thread and it was a really, really well done breakdown as to why the Miami Dolphins had so many problems in this game. And it boils down to Chris, the Miami Dolphins traditionally under Adam Gase in the Adam Gase era, we were a second half team. Say what you will about Adam Gase, but his time here with the Miami Dolphins, he seemed to do a really good job making adjustments at the half and figuring out how to at least become, um, you know, closer to the other team in the second half, if not win it. It's been completely different with Brian Flores, especially this season. We have jumped on teams early. We've scored on offense. We've scored on special teams. We've scored on defense. We get out in front early, and that really masks the fact that we don't have a good running game. It masks the fact that we still have an offensive line that's learning, and it allows us to play an aggressive style of defense um, that gives you some room to make some mistakes. I mean, even during the winning streak, how many times did we see you know chunk yardage happen against this defense? 15 yards, 19 yards, 23 yards, things like that. But we were up so big so early that the other teams really had to become one-dimensional and throw the ball much more so than run the ball. And one thing we know about this Miami Dolphins defense, especially with Christian Wilkins being out for the second week, is that you can run the ball against the Miami Dolphins. So in this game, when it was an even tilt and the entire playbook was open for the Denver Broncos, it exposed the Miami Dolphins defense for what it is, and that is a team that doesn't really stop the run very well because not only did Melvin Gordon do well, but Philip Lindsay you know, came out of the ground like some sort of goddamn COVID zombie and had himself like a fantasy week like he did last season and the season before that and then we also can't run the ball so when it's even and we have the ability to run the ball and we're only getting one yard two yard three yards uh, now we're relying on Tua to have to make those first downs or else you know we risk punting the ball away and having that entire playbook open for the other team that wasn't the case during the win streak the win streak we were up early in some cases we're up in the first minute of the game so it didn't really matter if we punt the ball away we're playing with house money that didn't happen in this game it exposed a lot of issues that we've seen um kind of underlying issues for the miami dolphins we've got a little bit of ways to go and that doesn't mean we're a bad team we're not we're actually i think a good team but it just reminded me chris and i'm sure it reminded all the citizens of perfect out there that we have we still have a road to travel with this team. Yeah. And we knew that coming in. I think the win streak uh, put some blinders on uh, a lot of people and, and gave some false hope that we already reached the pinnacle of where we're headed right now. And that's not the case. We knew Tua was young. We knew our line was young. We knew we can't, we have no running backs. Um, and we knew our defense was good playing with a lead. Uh, but we got tested against Drew Locke, of all people, who ended up finishing the game with 270 yards passing and an almost 75 QBR. It's just ridiculous. Uh, we couldn't get off the field on third down. Um, we couldn't make tackles. Uh, too many holes were being blown open with linebackers nowhere to be found. Um, I really hope that the Broncos didn't expose and put on tape for future opponents um, the, 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 the cure, the, uh, you know, the, the actual ingredient list 
uh, and directions to beat the Miami Dolphins because, man, they just look like they had complete control. And you imagine playing Pat Mahomes <laughs> or Cam Newton again or Jared, uh, J- uh, Justin uh, Allen, uh, J- whatever his fucking name is. Josh Allen. Josh Allen, idiot with a J, J Allen. <laughs> Um, you know, it, 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 that's the recipe now. Do they know that? And, and we just need to come back defensively and offensively and play better. And man, I, I got to call him out again, but Chan Gailey called a terrible game. He just called a terrible game. He did no screens, no rollouts to the left, uh, not letting Tua get hot and, and get rid of the ball early and quick. Um, way too many, uh, empty backfield sets with a young offensive line. What are you doing? Like, it just didn't make sense. There was a play call. Somebody posted of the 22. We had three routes in the same area. There's you're making it too easy to cover and, and you're not going to have a rookie pull the trigger on that. It's triple coverage. Technically like it's just the play calling was suspect as hell. Uh, and, and, and I feel like the only person that got the brunt of it was Tua, And I, I think that's bullshit. Well, that's part of being the quarterback though, right? You are going to take the good and the bad together, but you know, I'm glad you mentioned some specifics about Chan Gailey's play calling, because I think it's an easy sentence to say Chan Chan Gailey called a bad game, but I'm always asking people when they say that, well, why, what, why was it a bad game? Because when I look at this and I see in, in games previous, I see some plays that we can't run with Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? We, we, we were running, you know, wildcat type plays. We're running RPO style uh, things, which is what you want to do with Tua. But what you just said is exactly right. When you have a quarterback who's a rookie who's still trying to figure out, you know, NFL defenses, I don't care how easy he thinks the game is. There's a lot that Tua needs to learn. And you're putting, you know, bunch receivers and and they're all running routes within a couple of yards of each other. You make that pretty easy for the defender who's just keeping his eye on the quarterback or keeping his eye on the ball and going, oh, it's coming over here somewhere. I could just be in the vicinity and, you know, probably break up that pass. Um for me, the specifics are when I see Jakeem Grant being your like seam busting option from the slot, I don't think Jakeem Grant should be the guy running down the middle of the field, you know, trying to burn cornerbacks and, and safeties. He's too small. You have to throw that ball literally over the top of the defender if he gets past him and put it in a very, very small bucket because our receivers can't get huge, you know, separation there. That's not these receivers. That's not in their talent. What they can do is catch the ball, you know, in, in contested areas, but you don't want Jakeem Grant being in a contested area down the middle of the field. That's where Mike Kosicki is supposed to be. That's where Devontae Parker is supposed to be. That's where the big boys are supposed to be jumping and playing. Jakeem Grant is supposed to be in space, to your point, in screens. He's supposed to be getting little, you know, rub routes. He's supposed to act as that little jitterbug who gets the ball, turns, and says, okay, I have a defender in front of me. I can get around him and then move up the field fast. He's not the guy that's going to burn past everybody and catch that, you know, number nine route for a touchdown. And I saw at least three different times, Chris, where Tua is looking for Jakeem Grant deep down the field. And I'm going, what kind of play design is this? It doesn't make sense to me why Jakeem Grant is the guy who's being isolated down the field for a long bomb. That just doesn't seem like the smart way to use our talent. Yeah, and I think Changeli, and I hope he does this, but he needs to look at film of the Chiefs and how they use Tyreek Hill. And um, you know, it, it's it's different than just lining them up and go. Like that doesn't work in the NFL. You have to mix things up, put them in a slot, and do an up and out, or, you know, up or out and up, uh, or something. Just get them in space. Um, and, and I see some sprinkles of creativity a little bit with Changeli, but then it, you, it looks like he's reading, you know, dusted off the playbook from the '94 Cowboys. Like it just. Uh, there's a lot of questions that are out there and I feel like we're handcuffing to a, uh, and, and I feel a lot of it too is our receivers. We're really missing Preston Williams and we're really missing Hearns and Albert Wilson right now, man. Like we could use those guys big time. Now Callaway 
got one target and he caught it for 13 yards on third down, which was huge. Hopefully he gets the playbook on uh, and he's able to contribute a little bit more because he was damn good in Cleveland and we could really use him. Yeah. I mean, that, that guy is somebody who, if he can keep his head on straight and stay healthy uh, is really going to pay off dividends later this year. And maybe even in next year, if we decide to keep him. Um, but we talked about this, Chris, we talked about this before the season. We even asked, are the wide receivers underrated or overrated? And I think if you're talking about Preston Williams and Devontae Parker as a unit when they're healthy, are probably somewhat underrated still. But outside of those, we don't know what we have. I mean, I still don't trust Jakeem Grant. I know he's been playing better, but he's not the guy that I think is going to turn the tables for anybody here for the Miami Dolphins. Keep it um, up. De- keep shit talking. Keep going. Keep going. Keep I'm, I'm going to, oh, there's going to be a lot of shit talking. <laughs> We're going to see some record games happening against the Jets here. And that's my plan because, uh, you know, I'm looking at this and going, okay, Devontae Parker. I know he's the guy, but he needs to be a bit better too. I mean, I just, I don't know if they're overrated or underrated. What I do know is that there's going to be a focus this off season to shore up the wide receiving core. You know, that doesn't mean we're getting rid of Devonte Parker and Preston Williams, but it means we're bringing somebody in at least one, whether that's a rookie or somebody in a trade or free agent, because this is not, this is cannot be your wide receiving core next year. If you expect to go, you know, further into the playoffs and, and, and beyond that. So yeah, the wide receiving core needs to be addressed. The running backs are dog shit. I'm sorry, Suvan Ahmed. I'm sorry, Matt Breida. I'm sorry, Jordan Howard. Not really. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to all those guys, but you're not going to be the starting running back for the Miami Dolphins next year. Miles Gaskin, no. It, it, we're going to go get another running back. So when you start thinking about it in these terms, and we have a very young offensive line, you have a rookie quarterback, and you've got a lack of talent at the skill positions it's easy to see how we would lose a game like this. We've been talking about it for a long time, Chris. We've had rookies on the offensive line. We have rookies as running backs. We have a rookie quarterback. It was almost, it's what the discussion point is how the fuck did we win five games in that scenario versus how did we lose to the Denver Broncos? Yeah. I mean, and that's where the defense and special teams uh, really put a gloss over the issues that we have uh, with the uh, defensive touchdowns, the block punts, things like that, giving us a short field, making a mirage of how good I think we really were. I don't want to say it's luck, uh, you know, great play calling by the defense and great plays by guys like Van Ginkle and um, uh, Shaq Lawson and Agba and things like that. But uh, when they get held back and they get blocked like they did on Sunday, we're not getting pressure on this guy at all. All of a sudden, uh, expose a little bit of the issues here going forward. We're an eight to nine win team, Sam. I think we knew that going into this uh, or hoped it actually, if, if you actually think about it, that's where we're going to kind of probably get into the reaction of our fans here. Um, we hoped to be at this point right now, Sam, but expected maybe we were going to be happy with six to seven wins. I mean, eight, nine, 10 wins is absolute fucking icing on the cake. Uh, so for us to get so bent out of shape over a 20 to 13 loss to an AFC opponent that's in the hunt in the playoffs right now um, on the road, my high up in the air with a rookie quarterback calm the hell down like we we we're right where we need to be it's not like we got blown out no and as we said on the uh, fifth annual hates giving day parade uh, we're not throwing to a t- to a tongue of iloa out with the bathwater. this team is not dog shit they are still in the playoff hunt by the way i mean the ravens lost this past week um uh the raiders lost i mean a lot of the teams that we were tied going into this week with lost as well so the miami dolphins are still in the hunt and oh by the way we do get a terrible awful god for sake in New York Jets franchise uh, coming up this week, which is what we're going to talk about because I hate to be the New York Jets just in general, Chris, but I think a Brian Flores led team that's coming off of a, a team that they were supposed to beat. We talked a lot, Chris, this season about the Miami Dolphins beating the teams they were supposed to beat. They didn't do it this past week against the Denver Broncos. They lost to a team that is less than them. 
Uh, I think this team's going to be pissed off. I think they're going to have a lot to say, and they're going to say it against the New York Jets. And we're going to talk about the New York Jets game and the rest of the season right after these words. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. The holiday season has come once more, so return those pubes to the times of yore. Get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. You've skipped the tricks, now avoid the nicks. With the Lawnmower 3.0's proprietary advanced skin safe technology, this trimmer cuts on your nuts. Not to mention it's waterproof power so you can shave in the shower. Also included in the perfect package is the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, the Crop Reviver for quick spritz refreshing, a pair of Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxers, and a t-shirt. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code FINSUP to save an instant 20% and get free shipping. Tis the season to trim the trees and feel the breeze between your knees. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic tables, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use the promo code FINSUP to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to a thousand bucks. You put in 200, they'll match you another 100 in your account. If you're already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. And we're back and we're done talking about the Denver Broncos game here, Chris, because quite frankly, I hate when the team loses. It bothers me. It bums me out. It ruins my day, ruins my week, ruins my life. So what makes my life, my day and my week better is when we get to play the Jets, especially when we know the Jets are bad and the Dolphins are good. And it looks like the Miami Dolphins have the perfect opponent to rekindle that fire, rekindle that spark. The Miami Dolphins against the New York Jets, a rivalry like none other. Um, Adam Gase is still the coach the New York Jets inexplicably um, yet we wanted to look into the Miami Dolphins being you know tanking for Tua last year like the Jets aren't doing the exact same thing for Trevor Lawrence this season but whatever uh, what are your thoughts going into this game Miami Dolphins coming off a loss uh, the, uh, the New York Jets coming off of a season of losses uh, something's got to give somebody's got to win this game here Chris two young teams one's on the rise one's stuck in New Jersey um, how do you see this one playing out no, you mentioned it earlier, Sam. I think the team comes out pissed off. I think Flores um, is going to kick him in the ass and say, see, you guys are uh, not the team you thought you were. It, you know, sucks, doesn't it? Let's go out there and beat the shit out of the New York Jets. And um, uh, we're, we're going to go out there, and I think two is going to be pissed. He's the type of guy that um, I don't think takes <laughs> – I, 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 he's the type of professional, Sam, I don't think it's going to take getting benched 
um, and, and just be like, nah, it's fine. Like I'll go out there and play again Sunday. Woohoo. He's furious. Like he is a competitive person. Um, you don't get this good and go this far without being so um, anywhere. He's been in high school, college, he has been the guy and won multiple championships to get benched as a rookie. He's probably absolutely furious. I can see him coming out and just, playing his fucking ass off like one of those games where a pitcher comes out and he's just on fire and hitting every corner of the strike zone and there's just nothing you can do like he's gonna come out and this is the recipe we need right now coming off of a loss you're absolutely right i think Flores is gonna have him playing pissed yeah i think Tua comes out in dare i say god mode Ooh, god mode yeah kind of like g o d we noticed that at commercial break sam yeah it looks like my uh setup here is spelling god fence <laughs> Would that be like Heaven's Gate, God Fence? Yeah, yeah Heaven's Gate. That, that could be the name of our defensive line. <laughs> well, it's a pretty liberal Heaven's Gate. They just seem to let everybody through on the offensive line for the Broncos <laughs> last week. But uh, speaking of the defensive line, I mean, something that we can't overlook is the fact that Christian Wilkins today, Chris, was taken yes. off the COVID list. We talked about this two weeks ago. Where are we going to miss his energy? Where are we going to miss not only his physical presence, but his actual, you know, spiritual presence with this team? I think that is a yes. I mean, you look at what the Denver Broncos were able to do to this uh, defensive line with him not in there and him coming back, being that centerpiece of that defensive line. Uh, front, um, not only physically and everything that he brings to the table, but just having that energy around everyone else is going to be infectious. Again, this is one of those things where if I'm the Jets, I'm like, shit, of course he's doing better and he's back on the field and he's going to wreak havoc and he's going to make a difference here for the Miami Dolphins defense. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Christian Wilkins back against the New York Jets this week. Christian Wilkins is the type of guy you take the game of football away from him for even a week. And I'm sure he was beside himself, not being in any, especially in a loss where he's like, man, I could have been the guy that made that stop or, or recover that fumble or got pressure on lock. Um, it could have been the difference maker. I'm telling you right now, he's going to, it builds that you take it for granted every week, week in and week out. And then all of a sudden it gets taken away from you out of your control. I guarantee you, he was pacing watching that game on Sunday uh, against the Broncos and that loss. And he's going to come out there and be absolutely fired up. I'm, I'm telling you right now, these two young guys, Tua Wilkins are going to come back in this game um and play probably their best games of the year i'm 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 fully predicting that yeah i mean i i i don't disagree with you there i think wilkins coming back i think you have a defense that that was exposed and are going to be pissed off and looking for something to prove uh you you're going to have an offensive line that's coming into question you have everybody questioning tua he responds well to criticism a- a- anything that kid has ever been up against that's been a negative he has gone you know above and beyond to get over that i think this is no different uh, i love the fact that brian flores came out immediately after the game and said tua tunga bailoa is the starter everybody calm down you know this is this is something we're trying to do to win the game um i love that because i think that does help to go okay this is my team uh, but what we do need is we need brian flores to not pull to in this game unless he's injured if he's injured that's one thing but if he's doing okay in terms of his health then you're gonna have to ride or die with him he's gonna make mistakes we know that he's a rookie uh and this is the team this is the game chris that i thought originally we would see Tua coming off of the original bye week the second game against the New York Jets, this is when I thought we were going to make the flip. So had the season not been you know, impacted by COVID, we would probably be talking about the fact that we're seeing Tua for the first time as a starting quarterback against the Jets. As it turns out, his first team, the first team he ever played against in the NFL 
was these Jets, you know, a, a number of weeks back. Um, but that was just mop-up duty at the end of the game. This time, he has a chance to show them everything that he's got. And you're doing it against an Adam Gase team that really doesn't give a shit about defense because Adam Gase is going to doodle in color and try to come up with new creative offensive plays on the on the uh, sidelines while the defense is out there getting beat and waxed by Tua Tungavailoa. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh, what's your prediction for this game here, Chris? How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, the last time we played them, obviously 20 nothing uh, victory. Uh, I think we had 20 points at halftime, and that's the game where we scored zero in the second half. And kind of people were questioning um, Fitz because he threw two picks, and Chan uh, uh, Gailey got a little bit conservative in the play calling in the second half. I hope we don't do that this time. I think we're going to be pissed off. I, as I recall, our defense got after Flacco like crazy in that game. I mean, just hit him all over the place, multiple sacks. Um, it, it's going to be a feast for sure from both sides of the ball. I'm, 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 I don't think it's a shutout this time, Sam. That's hard to shut out the same opponent twice in the same season. Um, I don't know their injury situation. I don't know if Sam Darnold's playing or not. If so, I think he's a little bit better than Flacco. Um, so I do see them scoring some points, but I do sc- I see a scoring a little bit more than we did last time. I'm calling it 28-10. 28-10. Yeah, that, you know, that's a good score. I'll probably come up with something very similar to that. I don't know. I think Trevor Simeon's on the team now for the Jets, if I'm not mistaken. You've got Joe Flacco, Sam Darnold. I'm going to be honest. I'm a bad AFC East opponent guy right now because I have not paid attention to the Jets at all since the last time we played them, other than to see that they lose every single week and make me go, ha-ha, like Nelson Muntz from the Simpsons. But other than that, I don't know who the quarterback is either. I Again, I don't want to sound cocky here. I don't think it really matters. I think this defense comes out fired up. Uh, you're going to see a couple of picks happen. You're going to see some sacks happen i think the issue is going to be can we stop the run and christian wilkins being back is going to allow us the ability uh to be better at stopping the run especially against the new york jets team uh but you have frank gore back there you've got perine perine whoever his name is back there Uh, he seems like he's actually doing okay um, but they have bad quarterback play they don't have good wide receivers if we can come out and just you know show up uh, that right there is going to level the playing field. If Tua can come out and focus and, and, and catch Devontae Parker, you know, catch Jakeem Grant, catch Mike Gesicki in the passing game, if we can do anything to be a running team that's effective like we did earlier this season, I know Miles Gaskin was actually practicing this week as well, Chris. We may have uh, Miles Gaskin back this week. Um, you know, not that that's much better than Suvon Ahmed. I think Ahmed's doing fine in, in Gaskin's absence, but having that extra person back, having his drive, having his um, – I don't know, energy as well on offense is going to be a positive. It's better to have options than not. Uh, I'm going to say very similar score to what you see. I, I think this team gets up to 31. I see us going 31 to 10. I'm going to I'm going to steal and piggyback your 10, but I think we get an extra field goal out of Jason Sanders because he's Jason Sanders. Uh, 31-10, Miami Dolphins over the very bad, terrible New York Jets. Yeah, and sorry, we did kick a field goal in the second half of that game, and we are actually 21 nothing at halftime, one twenty-four nothing. Uh, so I, I'm only predicting four points more. However, I did I did find it interesting though that um, in that game, Fitzpatrick had 191, three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Gaskins 91 yards rushing, probably the closest anyone's been to 100 yards this year. So hopefully we um, you know get get to that. Adam Shaheen was our leading receiver. Um, and, and Jakeem Grant was second behind him. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what we come out and do. Um, good game by our defense, of course, with we'll shut out goose egg. Anytime you do that in NFL, it's almost fucking impossible. So yeah, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. It's a rivalry. We hate the jets. I love pissing on them when they're down uh, in the very famous initials and word from the subreddit and the Miami Dolphins subreddit, the most spoken phrase on the Reddit's history is FTJ. Fuck the jets. It absolutely is. And something that you and I have tattooed on the inside of our mouth, uh, just so every time we roll our tongue across our teeth, we know fuck the Jets. Um, 
But I will say this, losing to the Broncos sucked AFC opponent, but not as bad of a death nail as if we lose to the Jets. We have to win the games in our own division. Right now, we're one in what, two? We're one and two right now. We win this game. We go two and two. We still have the Patriots and the Bills in December. You can only win your division if you win the te- against the teams in your division. I don't care how good or bad they are. You have to win this game. It's not a must win for Miami to get in the playoffs, but if we lose this game, it's going to be a raw, long, long road to get into the playoffs when you have to beat the Bills, the Chiefs, the Raiders, other playoff teams in order to get there. So you have to win this game almost. It's almost a must win in order it to is. make the playoffs this season. No, it is a must win. Sam, you can't go one and three in the division um, and expect to do anything with that. You and, and and it's a rivalry game, and they haven't won a game yet. Sam, we cannot be the team that loses to the Jets. We can't be that team. Uh, it cannot happen. We cannot be the Ravens of our one in 15 season. No great Camarillo for them. Although I can totally see it being Braxton Berrios, former university of Miami hurricane, um, <laughs> the game winning touchdown, but nope, nope, nope. No ridiculous predictions. No hate giving. It's a must win. Miami dolphins are going to come out on top. Uh, he's got it 28 to 10. I've got it 31 to 10. My daughter, if you guys have been watching her predictions has this 60 to 10. So, uh, she is very much thinking this is going to be a bounce-back game for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think everyone out there thinks this is going to be a Miami Dolphins victory, And uh, but I'm not, I'm not that cocky yet because I was cocky last week, and I told everybody their homework after we beat the Broncos was to check the standings because we'd be tied for first place with the Buffalo Bills. That came back to bite me right in the dick, so I'm not going to say that. All I'm going to say is what Chris said a little earlier, fuck the Jets. Everybody say it with me on three. One, two, three. Fuck uh- the Jets. Sam, just to kind of rub salt in the wound because it is kind of funny. Uh, 42-6 and 32-14 were our predictions last week against the Broncos. I can see why we're being a little bit more realistic in this one. And I know we're getting shit. We got so much shit. Uh, Racing's going to kill us in the power rankings. You already said it in the chat room for the OKS uh, Fantasy Football League that we're fucking scumbags, basically, and pieces of shit because we totally jinxed us. What were those scores again? 42-6 to and what was the other one? 32-14. I think we were predicting the rushing yards we were going to have in that game. I mean, holy shit. Well, look at us. is walking around Big Dick McGee saying, oh, yeah, 42 to 6 against another professional team on the road. Look, oh, wow. Okay. Well, we talked about the team maybe being a little bit too cocky going into that game. Apparently, uh, the town of Perfectville just had a big old head themselves. So uh, let's just do it one last time. Let's do this as a town. Let's do this as a community. All the citizens, Chris, Sam, everyone else in there, on three, we're going to do the FTJ one more time. So on three, ladies and gentlemen, let's do the mantra. One, two, three. Fuck, fuck the, Jets. the Jets. Yeah, fuck them. Woo! And on behalf of myself, the two-time Hall of Famer, and everybody at the Fanatics Network, the only other thing left to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.